What's up, everyone? It's time for another episode of the Frarian Smith Podcast. The battle for the belt takes place this evening as Troy and South Alabama match up for the 12th time in front of a national television audience. On today's episode, we'll talk about Troy's rise to prominence. We'll touch on the keys to a possible South Alabama upset tonight and make our predictions for tonight's critical Sunbelt West Division showdown. We can't wait to continue our Midweek Mania series. We hope you'll enjoy it. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get right to it. Midweek Mania, Caden. I have to admit, these have become some of my favorite episodes. A chance for us to dig into these big games and spend a little bit more time than we do on a regular preview episode. Today, Caden, we're talking Troy versus South Alabama. It's going to air on ESPN2 this evening, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Central. We've got Lowell Galindo, Tom Luganville, Lawrence Sisler on the call tonight. Caden, I want to start by talking about the Trojans. And since the hiring of John Summerall after the 2021 season, Troy's become a real juggernaut in the Sunbelt West, the Sunbelt as a whole. They won the West Division last year. Their matchup with South Alabama was the deciding factor a year ago. Next came a Sunbelt title, then a Cure Bowl win. And now this year, they're off to a 6-2 and two start and in command of the West once again. Caden, they're 18-4 and four under John Summerall in two seasons. There's a case, though, to be made that Troy is even better this year than they were last year. You could definitely make that case. No, I'm starting to believe it, and I think it's a very strong case. It definitely starts with their head coach, like you mentioned, Coach Summerall. I think from talking to him twice now throughout the, the journey of this podcast, watching his team perform live in action in that championship game and kind of just getting a pulse of that program, you have to just feel super optimistic about what he has going on over there. I think personally... If I was a head coach, if I had to be most scared of any other opposing head coach and how he's going to prepare his team, have them capable to play. And it seems like this year, have them capable to play whatever style of game you want and line up from you and play four quarters hard and make you earn every single yard, both sides of the ball wise, as far as stopping a team and gaining your own yardage. He scares me more than anyone. It seems like he almost, I think with James Madison coming into the conference and bringing in new life, I think he's doing a similar thing as far as his first arrival, how he was able to immediately instill his culture and reap the benefits from that last season in a conference championship. And this year, as they look like they're very much on their way to do that again, I think when you look at last year's team coming to this year, the biggest concern was going to be, can you uphold that same defensive standard when you lose a guy like a Carlton Marshall, like a Robertson back there, like a Craig Slocum, you have a plenty of senior leadership that you now lose on that defensive side of the ball that was such a key to your success last year and they've completely upheld that standard you have to give a shout out to all those returning players all those younger players on the defense who are now filling into those roles they've completely kept the standard the same this team is allowing less points per game than James Madison 17 points right where they were at last year only 300 yards a game and then offensively that was the issue for this team last season and this team has drastically improved on offense they almost gained 100 more yards per game they're scoring more their quarterback looks even more fully evolved and comfortable as a passer, has a great relationship and chemistry with his receivers, and your running backs leading the na- one of the nation's leaders in rushing yards per game. So I think their offensive formula, their ability to now win in a bunch of different ways. We've talked about the way they were able to go into a Texas State game, beat them in a shootout where their quarterback throws for 40 attempts, and then you go into a game the previous week against an Army team where you beat them in a ground-and-pound battle when you're running back and your rushers get 40 attempts and you outrush an Army team that runs an option attack. This team is looking bulletproof. I think they're just a foxhole team. You have their leader at the top who's going to get their soldiers ready for battle. And week in and week out, other than their James Madison loss and their Kansas State loss, which are both aging 
very well right now. This team has been absolutely rolling. I think it's definitely safe to say that you can, it's, it's really about if you prioritize the defense or offense, however you want to scratch it. I think when you look at this team on paper and just watch them with the eye test, I think it's pretty clear that they look a little bit more improved than last year, which is just scary for not only South Alabama, but the rest of this conference as they go to return, look to return to that conference championship game. Well, Kane, you've said it before on this podcast. They're the ultimate chameleon, the ability to change their game plan based on their opponent and do it extremely well. It's been impressive to watch. Kane, meanwhile, South Alabama, they came into this season with New Year's Six aspirations. They brought back 19 starters, guys like Bradley Webb, Boyce and Lacey on offense and a secondary that was loaded. Tulane gave them a reality check to open the year. They bounced back versus Oklahoma State. That game has aged really well as well they're now six and two and leading the big 12 Caden then there was the inexplicable loss to central Michigan they didn't show up against James Madison but then you go and blow out southern Miss you blow out ULM before falling last week to Louisiana Caden that paints a very clear picture of a team that's been inconsistent this year what team's showing up tonight it's a great question. Now, I would love to know which team is showing up tonight. I wish I could be at practice the entire week and kind of get a pulse of this program, but I feel like for a person who felt like they had a pulse of this program when they had their amazing year last season that no one really expected, now coming into this year, that comes with different expectations, and I just feel like it's unfortunate that, that up until this point of the season, they haven't really been able to live up to those expectations. When you bring that many starters back on your team, it reminds me of a Florida State team this year where everyone was kind of looking at them like, okay, they brought that many starters back and that much talent. You're expected now to win the conference and be in those positions. We're watching that Florida State team be able to capitalize on that. But and Troy being in a very similar position just hasn't been able to this year. You look at the two-lane game to start off the season, coming off of the bowl loss, mind you, in Louisiana, the same state, just very recently in that bowl game, not too, not too many months ago. And it just seems like this team on the biggest stages hasn't been able to play to their full potential. I mean, you see even in the first half, Against Southeast Louisiana, that team, I just, it was staggering performance by them. I remember it vividly. And then you see the complete opposite team for four straight quarters against Oklahoma State. Same in their last two Sunbelt games where they kind of rolled against Monroe and Southern Miss. And then Louisiana, that was just a game that was absolutely plagued by turnovers. And you see them kind of revert to some of their ways we saw when they played against better competition earlier in the season. So for me, this team, everything as far as their problems and not being able to execute, not being able to win this season is all from the neck up. I think you look at this roster. On paper, you saw what they were capable of last year, winning that many games in a row and being able to end the season as just a three-loss team. Now this team's already stacked up four. You're looking at them, and they're just not playing to their full potential, and they're not at that point where they're playing with that championship edge quarter after quarter, really putting things together and have every kind of side of the ball play continuity style of football where your defense is playing well, your offense is feeding off of that, your special teams is benefiting. It's a team that you can tell just watching them on paper when you look at their roster. They have the talent to do it. They have so many skill players, so many offensive and defensive weapons that are all conference talents both last year and this season, but just haven't seemed to be able to put it together. So you got to hope in this game, you see shades of what we saw from a competitive standpoint last season as far as how they were able to bring toughness despite the game last year not going their way. They played very hard in that game. They didn't have LaDamian Webb really fully healthy, but they still fought, battled, kept Troy out of the end zone for most of the entire night in a defensive slugfest. And you have to hope this in this version of the game, they understand the stakes. They understand how important it is. And hopefully in this one, they can play to their full, for, to their full potential for four straight quarters in a very meaningful stage, very big stage during the week. Yeah, Kane, at the end of the day, this is probably a season-defining type of game for South Alabama. You lose this, you're all but eliminated in the West title race. You win it, you're right back in it. So certainly a huge one coming up for South Alabama. 
Caden, a couple of guys needing bounce backs in this game. Kamani Vidal and Carter Bradley. Vidal had a setback last week against Texas State. Bradley did have a huge game, but left banged up and had a lot of turnover issues against Texas State, or Louisiana, rather. Let's talk Kamani Vidal, Caden. He's third overall in the nation in rushing yards this season. He trails only Marcus Carroll in the Sun Belt. He's six yards away from 1,000 yards on the year with four more weeks to go in the regular season. Caden, he's coming off a 43-yard performance versus Texas State. He averaged just over two yards per carry. What's the key to Vidal bouncing back against South Alabama? Well, it's interesting, though, because like we talked about before, this team obviously wants Kamani Vidal to be the centerpiece of their offense. But at the end of the day, they know they can win without that happening. We saw that last week when they only got 18 carries for 43 yards against Texas State, which is very uncharacteristic of them. But when your team's winning 31 to 13, you can't really complain. So I think for Kamani, it's about how effective can he be to start off this game. And I think if he can do that and teams have shown that they can be successful running the ball against um, the South Alabama team. If he can do that early and often, I think that's going to be the key. I think a hot start as far as him getting some carries, converting some first downs early for this team is going to be a key. But we talked about it. I mean, this dude's playing at his peak performance. When you talk about a power back that brings that much size and strength to the position, but then also has the explosiveness to rip off long runs, just very scary, very similar to the running back he'll be facing on the other side as far as the size, the build, and what these dudes are capable of. It's just not very rare you see guys at this size have that home run hitting ability to where if you don't get this guy touched, when he gets to the second level of the line of scrimmage, he can score. So I look for him in this game. I think Troy's or South Alabama rather's defense has been a little slept on this year. They've obviously had some really good performances against some bad teams that have kind of made their statistics look like they're kind of up there with some of the best teams. But when you look at who they've played, they've it's very clear that they've had their best games in that Oklahoma State against Southern Miss and matchups like that. But I think against this running back in Kamani Valdal, they're going to be challenged a little bit more. And I think I would look for Troy to challenge them in this game with their running back, their brute force, and hopefully have the rest of their offense open up from that. So Kamani just needs to keep doing what he's doing and ultimately know that the role he's going to play in this game, it's going to be decided by their coaches before, but the most, the more he can maximize it, the better. On the other side, Caden Carter Bradley, he goes and puts up huge numbers versus Louisiana, 381 passing yards were a season high, his fifth multi-touchdown game in his last six but Kane, he throws two critical interceptions. He fumbled the ball three times and had one that was returned for a touchdown. He was beat up after this game, no denying that. Are you expecting a bounce back from Carter Bradley on the short week versus Troy? It's very tough, Noah, because I think there's a lot of factors that are going to play into Carter Bradley being successful in this game. First of all, we mentioned the pass rush of Louisiana. That one, they definitely showed up in that game. We asked if they were going to show themselves that we saw in the beginning of the season. They did. They sacked Carter Bradley five times in this game. And if you look at some of the losses this year, Five sacks against Louisiana, five sacks against Tulane, five sacks against James Madison. Those are all losses for this team where Carter Bradley was under duress constantly. We know this Troy team hasn't really been as effective at getting to the quarterback this year, but they're still great at generating pressure. So I think first and foremost, it's going to come down to protecting Carter Bradley. And if he is a little banged up, we saw him leave the game with that knee injury. We'll know on the on the day of the game, truly when the when things kicked off, if he's going to play or not. But I do think that's going to be where it all starts in protecting him. And then now it's, it, it turns into protecting him and then him protecting the football. It was very uncharacteristic to see him have those five turnovers, turnovers in that game. You're just not going to win a game against any team with any salt to their name if you're giving the ball back to them five times. You saw it in Wisconsin with the Davis Brin situation where he was giving the ball away to them. Just handcuffs your team and makes it very hard to win. So they can very clearly point at that to be a place 
where he can improve and they can play much better in this game compared to last week if he doesn't turn the ball over. So protecting him and him protecting the ball are the biggest keys. And then we saw last year when he didn't have LaDamian Webb really playing to his full potential, this team became one-dimensional. They couldn't pass the ball. So if they can run the ball just half as good as they did last year in this matchup, I think they'll be a lot better off. And then ultimately, Carter just has to play big and big games. We've seen him have moments where he has played and performed in the past in these big stages, but it all comes down to how much help he has. If he's running for his life, if he can't run the ball, and if he's turning the ball over, that's not going to happen. Caden, when you look at this game, and I think you were kind of talking about it, the key matchup, the trenches are an absolute given in this. There was a total of six and a half sacks last year in this game. Troy stopped South Alabama's rushing attack dead in its tracks last season. For me, though, the top matchup right now, it's Troy's defensive backs versus South Alabama's wide receivers. Troy's secondary, Caden, they've been elite once again this year, particularly against the past. You've got guys like Reddy Stewart, Oshai Fletcher, Del Pettis have been cornerstones of that secondary. South Alabama's wide receiver core, you've got Colin Lacey as the headliner, 957 yards this year, second most in the NCAA. Then you've got Jamal Pritchett, who's been a really present or pleasant surprise, rather. Caden, this is a fascinating matchup to watch in tonight's game. Yeah, the 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 I wasn't a big math guy, Noah, but when we, we talk about the given variable in math, the given variable of this game is the trenches are going to be where it's won and lost. That's where it's going to be huge. I think both sides of the ball know, especially South Alabama's offense, they have to slow down Richard Jubinor, Javon Solomon, TJ Jackson, especially Buddha Jones, I think, at that nose tackle spot. And vice versa, when you look at the other side of the ball, you have Jeremy, Jamie Sheriff coming off the edge, Brock Higdon is having a great season. Waikivius Thomas at that nose guard spot for South Alabama. This game is going to be won and lost in the trenches. We're going to find out very quick who can move the line of scrimmage, who can push the ball, who can have their running backs falling forward versus getting knocked back, and who's going to have their quarterbacks under the least amount of pressure. But I think when it comes down to the matchup that's going to decide this game outside of what happens in that front seven in that box where we expect it to be very physical, it's going to come down to the skill players, I think, especially when you look particularly at what we have going on in South Alabama at the outside spots compared to this defensive back unit we have for Troy. We've talked in length about how great this defensive backfield has been for Troy. Reddy Stewart's having yet another amazing season coming off of a game where he just had an interception and got his hands on a fumble recovery. But I think when you look at the wide receiving core for South Alabama, Colin Lacey's been absolutely consistent. You lose one of your other top receivers, he steps into that role immediately. He's going on a crazy streak right now of having 100-yard games back to back to back to back to back weeks. He's really stacking them up and he's really establishing himself as one of the best receivers in the nation. So I think if he can do that against this effective secondary, if Carter Bradley knows even under pressure, even under duress, when he's on the run, inside or outs of the pocket, if he can rely on Colin Lacey to be there like he has been all season for them, it's going to be huge for this team as far as being able to move the chains, get past that 50-yard line against a Troy team who doesn't allow it, and hopefully get the ball in the end zone. And you look at a guy like Jamal Pritchett who really emerged last game as well. Love what we saw from him. Had a career high, I believe, in catches and yards in that game. Small, quick, twitchy guy who's been able to really get loose for this team and really grow as far as a player in confidence throughout the season and become more and more week after week a reliable target for Carter Bradley to rely on. But who are the other guys that are going to step up? We've been talking about Javon Ivory all offseason. Can we see him maybe step up in this game? Can we see some tight ends that we've seen get involved really make an impact in this game? So I think looking just good on good in this game as far as matchups go, this receiving core definitely has the talent. This wide, this defensive back core for Troy definitely has a lot of talent that's a little bit more proven, and I think it's going to come down to who can win those matchups, who can get separation, and who can ultimately make plays in the pass game when these two units are on the field squaring off against each other. Ken, let's name some X-Factor players in this matchup. Uh, I'll go first here. For me, Troy, I think a guy like TJ Jackson could have a big game in this one. We touched on kind of the importance of the trenches in this matchup. Jackson was notably suspended for the first two games of the season. 
Kane, he's taken some time to get back up to speed, but when you look at his stats over the last two games, he's got two TFLs, a sack, a fumble recovery, a forced fumble. He still oozes talent and has a chance to further elevate this Troy front seven, Caden. I think he's getting a sack in this game, and he's going to make things difficult on South Alabama in the run game. Who was your X factor? I have to say, no, I do love that pick. I think that's a great pick and someone I could see as far as the premium protection. The protection being at a premium at protecting Carter Bradley. I can see TJ Jackson very well being a game wrecker in this game. But we know that Colin Lacey is going to have to get 100 yards in this game for this team to win. We know that on the ground, you're going to have to get LaDamian Webb for South Alabama to win. But I think looking at the defensive side of the ball, my expector is going to be Quinn Wolfon. He's a guy who's been starting at that Wolf position for South Alabama, has been super consistent all year. He actually only ranks second on the team in tackles behind James Miller when it comes to total tackles this year, actually leads them in solo tackles. So he's been doing a great job of getting his man on the ground in solo situations, being a great tackler and a consistent tackler for this team all year. Leads the team in TFLs with eight and a half, has two sacks in the season. Just a very versatile weapon, I think, at that Wolf outside linebacker position. He's coming off of a season where he started the first four games, had a season-ended injury. He's really putting it together this year as a complete player for this defense and a really reliable player. And I think just with his versatility at the outside linebacker position, he's going to have a huge opportunity to play a role both in the pass game and the run game, even as a pass rusher as well. So I'm looking at Quinn Wolf on this game, maybe as a, as a kind of a, a chess piece for this defense that can line up across the line of scrimmage in a bunch of different spots. Kind of the same way we talked about the versatility of Yam Banks, more of a linebacker hybrid role for him. And I think he could have an impact not only on Gunnar Watson in the pass game, Kamani Vidal getting that guy down too. So I'm taking Quinn Wolf on the outside linebacker to be my impact player for South Alabama in this matchup. Yeah, Kane, I think that's a great pick, particularly as he lines up across from Kamani Vidal. We've seen Vidal be able to break off big runs. Maybe Will Fawn is kind of the guy for South Alabama that stands in that gap. Well, Kane, let's make some picks on this matchup. Troy, a five and a half point favorite over under sitting at 45 and a half. How are you leaning here? Any chance you're taking South Alabama? Everyone knows these are my boys, and I want to pick them to win every single game of the season. But I think just given both of these teams' resumes and what we've seen from them, I just cannot bet against Coach Summerall and the Troy Trojans. I think I mentioned it before. This guy strikes fear in me. I'm scared to see what his team looks like in this game, how prepared they are, even coming off of a short week. I know both teams have had their calendars circled, and I know this team now feels like they have a target on their back, but they're out here hunting still. It's still hunting season for the Troy Trojans. I think they're in the month of November right now, going to take their game to a whole nother level as they really push to the championship. And I think with their offense cooking the way it is, you remember last game, we saw Jared Dagey play more in this game than Gunnar Watson. Gunnar Watson 2.0 is here now. Their offense can really get it done, and their defense is still upholding that standard. So I think Troy's going to win this game. I think they're even going to cover this game, but I'm still going to take the under on the points. I think their defense is going to show up, shut out. It's going to be a game that probably stays close in the first half, and in the second half, we see this offense really kind of put their foot on the gas. Their defense clamp down a little bit more, and they really get some separation in this matchup. So I'm taking Troy to win, Troy to cover, but I'll take the under on the points. Kane, I got to admit, I debated on this one. I was back and forth. I'm going to make my decision right now. I waited until we had talked about this matchup. I have to admit, I'm going with a team that's the underdog in this one. I think that this is a game that South Alabama can show up in. They have shown this year that they can play against good opponents. I think back to that Oklahoma State game. To me, that's the recipe for success in this one. Can they get Colin Lacey going? Can Carter Bradley orchestrate this offense? Can they have LaDamian Webb playing at top form? You and I still have an ongoing disagreement about how big of an impact LaDamian Webb would have made in that matchup last year. I think Webb's going to have a big game in this one. South Alabama's defense, Caden, you've said it, has been a little bit underrated this year. I think they will show up in a big way. So give me South Alabama to win this game in Troy. They're going to bring the belt back to Mobile this year. And this could reignite a Jack season that has largely been disappointing. And Kane, let's be honest, 
I'm just voting for some chaos in the Sunbelt West. Uh, let's have some intrigue down the stretch. So give me South Alabama to win this game. Cade, much like you, I do think that this could be a defensive battle. So I, too, am going to take the under on the points. That's it for this episode. We really appreciate you joining us today. If you enjoyed this show, here's one thing you can do. Share this show with one, maybe two of your friends. Help us help you by continuing to grow the podcast. We hope everyone enjoys tonight's game. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.